Are you there, God? It's me, sober. <laughs> Do you want some Guys, we didn't make it. <laughs> Just kidding. Drinking right now. She's it's 11 a.m. on a Tuesday. Just kidding. Marina's mixing Topo Chico and sparkling pink grapefruit juice, and it looks so beautiful. Technically, booze has surpassed my lips. <gasps> what? I. This is hilarious. You're literally now just telling me this. Or maybe it was a mocktail. I don't know. But we had a mason jar filled with some like small amount of liquid, which I thought hilariously was bone broth. <laughs> and I and I got it out and I didn't drink it. I put it in something and I thought it tasted funny. So I smelled the container. But it was either a cocktail that Justin made, but Justin's not really drinking or it was a mocktail. So I don't actually know. You would be able to tell. Well, with some of the spirits that we have, the non-alcoholic spirits, it's really hard to tell. Okay, well, one time when I was making soup, I thought I was pouring bone broth into my soup because it was in a mason jar. And I actually poured an entire mason jar of ginger simple syrup <laughs> into the soup that I was making and didn't notice until I took my first sip. And that's what that story made me think about. In some ways, right now in this moment, I felt the need to say this. This month, I've had like more of the best days of my life that I've ever had. And I know that you've said that. And I feel so fucking good. But also in this moment, I also don't feel so fucking good. It's like I have this dichotomy. Cassandra's just saying that because her and I got into a massive <laughs> fight right before recording this podcast. I wonder if you guys can as tell I in our energy. With, as I say, with a full mouth full of food. Yeah, but it's important for us to, you know, get it out. So, it's actually really funny when we fight because... We feel exactly the same way. And you can tell we're just like little toddlers that need to get out their energy. We're no longer fighting. We're sipping we're our mocktails and coffee. And we're about to talk about the fact that we're 90 days. Sobs. I know. I want like a Prezi or something. I know. So what's been going on? So I went out with a bunch of people who were drinking. You, you happened to be there. Remember? Remember? I oh. do remember. Let me think about it if it was my first time. No, this is my third time. Shout out to my dance girls who love to throw down. <laughs> The cool thing about when I hang out with them though is I feel drunk even if I'm not drinking and I just feel so energized. Like you wouldn't know. I even told this girl at the party, it was my friend's birthday. And I said, you think that I'm like totally hammered right now, but I swear to God, I haven't had a drip of alcohol. And she looked at me like I was absolutely insane and that I was lying. Dude, I totally know what you mean. We were at your event a couple nights ago and I got into a goofball territory probably because my friend really just brings it out of me. And I felt like I was, I was so fucked goofy that I was like oh my god I'm I really confusing people right now but it was honestly just a blast and I'm realizing that I really like that part about myself she's funny the sober Cassie that really leans into her humor is a whip I she's love hilarious you are funny you are you have definitely been witty for sure at that event that Cassandra's talking about I drank a feel free I don't know if you guys have ever heard of them they're a kava drink and I drank a full one which I've never drank a full feel free before they're only two ounce bottles they definitely make you feel a little euphoric but I love that it's herbal based and the difference between something like that in drinking is I actually felt unbelievably present and very grounded that's cool I enjoyed you know every bit of that experience and yeah I'm digging the feel freeze I don't know why I'm scared of them I'm fucking scared of those things there's nothing to be scared of I know it's because there's kratom in there and listen some people have some Marina, the name itself kratom it kratom. sounds scary. Kratom. It sounds like a drug a superhero would do, Come doesn't and take it? Like kratom. Doesn't it? Like yeah. he has to save the world from their kratom usage. For sure. 
dude. It sounds and scary. Listen, I, Maybe if it was called something like cuter with less consonants and more vowels. If it was called Kula, maybe I would try it. Kratom sounds like, you know what it sounds like. It sounds like hard drugs. It sounds like a meth substitute. A lot of people have dependency issues with Kratom, and I know that's true, but I personally do not have a dependency with it, and there are a lot of benefits, and it has been used for many years therapeutically, and if you can manage it in an herbal dosage, it can be really wonderful. Okay, well, anyways, what we were talking about before you got all (laughs) preachy, jacked on your Kratom talk, was the fact that For me, I went out for the first time to an event where we went to multiple places and the energy was high and pretty much everybody was drinking but you and I. And it was so much easier and more enjoyable than I thought it was going to be. Like I literally went to bed smiling and woke up smiling and felt so good because I didn't drink. And I didn't even think about that going into the event. I just knew I was very aware that you and I were the only sober people pretty much. And I actually was like hyper fixated on it in the beginning, but not what the expectation or outcome was gonna be, just hyper fixated on the fact that we weren't drinking. Like I think I made four jokes at dinner about how I wasn't having Fernet. You know what I mean? I was, I was just making it very apparent. But dude, it felt so good to not go up to the bar and order drinks. I know. It felt so good to not give I my know. card to the bartender. It felt so good to not be ordering another Fernet or somebody that I love comes through the door and my impulse is to buy them a drink. I didn't do that the entire time. I also share so many of the same sentiments, but one of the immediate things I noticed is I'm saving so much money. Marina, I thought about that this morning. I am All the money that I am saving that I would go out drinking with and let's honestly call it $350 a month. That's all you're going to say? I'm call, I'm going to call it 500 a month for me. Okay, I'm going to say $350 a month. All of that money, we are just refunneling into you and I's personal professional projects. And my How well- badass is that? Dude, my wellness practices, like I've the amount of workshops and trainings I've done in the past 3 months is unbelievable. And I've spent money towards education of self and my self-study and books that I'm buying, chakra workshops and pranayama certifications and all that shit. I didn't even realize until I, this is the third month that I'm, you know, checking credit card statements and going through my finances. And I'm like, I'm almost certain I've saved thousands of dollars because check this out. Drinking and going out isn't just going to the bar and having a couple drinks. To me, it's how you feel the next day, what your stomach needs to recover. So I'm like, well, then I need to have pho and bond me the next day. Okay, well, that's 20. $23, $28 $28, with tip because I love my people at Huang's or even the day after being like, oh, you know what? I saw so-and-so last night and we said we were going to get coffee. So on Wednesday, I'm getting coffee with her. That's me going out and buying coffee when I actually don't even know if I enjoy going out and buying coffee as much as I thought I did. It's all of these things that come with the one night of going out and drinking and the bill that just comes with that. It's everything after it. And I also think that it does stuff to your subconscious that you don't even recognize. Like, I think it perpetuates buying things online or spending your time in different ways that's not honest to how you actually want to spend it. It's just snowballing from going to a party and going out to a bar one night. Do you know what I mean? Of course I know what you mean. Preach, go. Well, tell the people. What do I mean? I think it's a caricature. You're playing a caricature of yourself and you're going through the motions and you're getting brunch the next day because you're hungover and that's all you want to do the next day is get brunch with your friends and laugh about dumb shit. And yeah, I love that stuff, but we're not doing it anymore. And it feels now that we've created just so much more space for what we can do. You're looking at me like- You said- 
yeah, I enjoy it. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I actually ever enjoyed it. I was going to brunch to cover up any sort of guilt or shame I had about the night before. Yeah. Not because I, I actually right. wanted to spend more money and go to brunch. I think you're right. But keep going on that note. Okay, I wanted to actually talk about something a little bit different. I no longer have anxiety from what I said or did when I was out or didn't do or whatever, drinking. I no longer have anxiety about, oh my gosh, I drank three shots of Fernat. I shouldn't have done that. I stayed out till 1 a.m. I shouldn't have done that, karaoke and this and that. All of the anxiety that I would have once a week from going out with my friends is no longer there. So now I am finding myself being anxious about new things, which is really interesting. Really? I did not expect you to go in that direction. Yes. Where do you find your anxiety present? And this is just how I feel in this moment, in this week. However, it's likely to shift in any which direction all the time. I find myself getting very anxious about how I choose to live my life. I'm almost too hard on myself sometimes. And I want so much of how I interact with people to be intentional that I get massively anxious if my communication isn't perceived in the way that I want it to be perceived. And or I just have this, you know, paralyzing fear that people are mad at me. You know what that makes me think of, Neen? What? One that's super relatable, at least for me. I guess it basically you're saying if you feel like you're not representing how you truly feel you would start to experience anxiety right is that what you're saying okay let's say i'm cooking a meal so let's say this whole time i'm cooking pasta marina and i've cooked it a hundred times and i know that i love it and i know that my family eats it and i know that it feels good in my body but the whole time i'm cooking it i have this obsession of thinking about all the things that could possibly go wrong with it so then what happens right there with your experience of cooking the pasta and when you feed it to people? They die. They fucking die. No, I'm saying you know what you love. You know how to do the things that you love. You know the experiences that feel good for you. You know how to cook the pasta. You know the steps that you like to take. You're not an imposter. You know what you enjoy. So when I hear you say you get anxiety about having these communications with people where you're worried about representing your authentic self. One, I think you're going through a growth spurt of self. And two, I'm like, don't fucking worry about it. Serve the pasta and just and just know that that is good enough. You showing up and talking to somebody and being yourself, that's good enough. And the second that we take attention away from the thing that we feel like is taking our attention and anxiety, that's when we see growth. Or that's at least how I see growth. I think that's amazing. Snaps. Did the pasta thing make sense? It did make sense. Just cook and eat and serve the pasta. Trust it. I just think that's Do hilarious coming right from you, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? I'm just kidding. I think that's really amazing advice. And why is it hilarious coming from me? Because you literally obsess over tiny details <laughs> of just, and you beat it down over and over and over again. And we spend way more time than we should talking about the dumbest shit. Oh my and God. Your so your anxiety has moved to different places, but wait, is it in the social situations in which? Yes, because here's the thing. We started I, off as friends. It, it was, was cool, but it was all pretend. One. Yeah, yeah. Two. Since you've been gone. Keep going Honestly, now. this is literally perfect. The lyrics to that song are perfect. And if we're talking about since you've been gone, we're talking about maybe the booze. Yeah, yeah, everything that came with uh, it. But what I wanted to say is that I'm getting to the point where I only want to hang out alone or with you. What's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> 
What's the problem? I am very happy when I am alone or I am with you or with Justin. And outside of that, the interactions of even some of my best friends, they don't really need to happen that often as much anymore. I am feeling a serious change in my desires for how relationships look in my life. I'm craving a different pace. In my life, my pace has been at 200x for the last five years. And now I'm seeing how unsustainable and unattractive it is for me in my own life. I see how fast I'm moving and I don't want it anymore. My friend was over yesterday. She was recording a podcast and I was trying to get our beverages together so fast. And she looked at me and she said, why don't you slow down for a little bit? And this is my friend who's like my really grounded friend. And I said, you're right. What's the extra two seconds shaved off in every other motion gonna save me 30 seconds? And I'm cultivating an energy of anxiety in my space. I have adopted the belief and part of me thinks that this is serious conditioning from my last job where I have to, everything is a reaction. I am not moving in the flow. Everything is a reaction. Waiting for someone to answer my question so I can react with people-pleasing tendencies. Waiting for any moment to happen so I can react and react and react. Bitch, life is not about reacting. Life is about being. You know, that's what I want to say there. I think what this sober journey has been showing us so far, at least for me, is one, first and foremost, this is going to be longer than a year. Because of what Marina is saying, she's slowing down to a degree where all of the ways in which she's moving and interacting and experiencing, they're right in front of her. And she's saying, I don't actually like that anymore. And then it looks like you have grounded enough friends to be like, you don't seem like you're enjoying. Yes, but I'm getting also a lot of pushback because how are you supposed to explain to people in real time? time that you're changing without it being awkward that's also what I'm struggling with dude I had a, a coffee date with one of my best girlfriends and it's the first time we've had a coffee date in a while and I feel at least that I was acting kind of awkward by just trying to communicate basically hey what's up where are you at how's life going and I felt like I wasn't even able to tell her how I actually felt because it just, it felt a little uncomfortable. And I think it goes to the fact of being like, this whole process is a little uncomfortable. There are parts about it that we absolutely love, but there are parts that are unfucking comfortable. And I think we're interested and getting to know those parts, but that doesn't mean we know how to describe them or explain them. And I don't think a lot has necessarily physically changed in the past 90 days. So much mentally has changed, which is why I, the word that keeps coming back to me is fundamental, fundamental. My fundamentals are changing. Who I fundamentally am, who I fundamentally identify with, these attributes of self, I'm swapping one out and bringing in a new one. Trying that one on and being like, oh wait, we actually, that's still the nervous system being uh, all fighty and flighty and doing its thing. And I swap that out and be like, let's, what about this one? This one seems to suit Cassandra very well. And I'm really grateful that a lot of the physical symptoms are showing up in being sober for 90 days. For example, money, bank account, going to bed early. Those things are like physical representations of this sober journey that I absolutely love. My cravings have subsided because of the I'm not intaking a lot of sugar on the weekends and I have like kind of a glucose thing. Lots of really great shit there, for sure, that I can't ignore. But it's mostly the mental stuff that's like turning me inside and out. Like I've had an extremely emotional month and I'm like, is it? <laughs> is it? Marina just made a face. I rolled my eyes. I'm like, I'm having a really emotional month. Is it to do with month three and all these changes that are happening? There are a lot of changes that are happening. It feels good to experience a wider range of emotions. I've been letting myself get mad now 
and angry. And Cassandra's like, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> she's the only person I feel comfortable going there with. I've been, now like, that I think about it, yeah. You haven't ever really been an angry person. I'm ready to have more spectrum of emotions than just being a goddamn doormat. Yeah, your pitta is like sparking right now. I am now. pitta. I have pitta dosha. I'm in the pitta time of my life. That's the Tell passion. Tell people what's making you angry. What you And you also had mentioned it experiencing a wide range of <laughs> you, know, you know what makes me angry and if if you're pinta dosha in your heart you will know if you resonate with what i'm saying people doing dumb shit and being inconsiderate of other people that's what makes me angry you know when people find themselves doing dumb shit when when they're drinking yeah and i used to be one of those people at yeah. least back then oh my god yeah and it's sure. like i think there's this relief that i went out and i had a really fucking good time we were at a crowded bar that we used to go to all the time um for a friend's birthday and a lot of people showed up and it was really great to socialize like that. But one, I noticed that my social threshold tanked way quicker. Mine tanked after one hour. Basically, I'm saying I'm not participating in a super energetic type of socializing anymore. I am still energetic when I'm not drinking, but you're right. When you're around a ton of people in a space where there's a lot of booze, a lot of energy and like a lot of kind of like unpredictable behavior, I'm not loving that. And especially as I'm getting closer to our 30s, I want to be a home in my bed I want to be at home in my bed and I want to be going to sleep at like a reasonable hour for the most part for the most part I totally understand celebrating going out yes but I do I am noticing the ways in which I used to go out and celebrate Marina I was like the loudest person in the room oh my god I'm like you you're throwing darts let's all throw you know like I don't know I was just so extra and I think that there are parts of me who are extra but the way that they would be showcased when I was drinking was my god do we need to be when I would karaoke I would be performing you know I what know, i mean but it was a work of art thank you i really appreciate it truly truly a work of art i think that i'm doing a lot of internal work right now and that feels good but it also feels like a lonely road because i'm not sure who else out there is doing it and wants to talk about it because as of right now got you to talk about the intricacies of the ego and the soul and how we have to operate in order to fill our desires and to call in what we want. Dude, I find that like, I don't, I only talk about it with you. And then when I try to talk about it with other people, I'm like, you sound like a fucking idiot, Cass. For example, me saying I went and had coffee with one of my girlfriends and I was like, I saw darkness. Now I see light when I shut my eyes and meditate on my heart chakra. And I, she was just like, like, okay, okay. And I'm like, I didn't even really mean to say that out loud. It kind of just That's came out loud. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard in and I, I think I'm still learning how to even talk about it, but I want to talk about it. I have a few other people, pretty much Marina, one other person that I talk to about this stuff, and it's effortless. But outside of those two people, I don't know how to represent the fact that 90 days on this sober journey and everything else I'm doing around it feels like a blink of an eye, but it also feels like it's been a fucking year. I want to talk about that with somebody. I don't want to talk about anything else other than what I want to attract in this life. So we're starting a cult. And Marina, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just have no desire in talking about people anymore. Why? Because I truly... Not saying that I want to talk about people. I'm saying, tell us, Neen. I truly believe in so much of the teachings of Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction. And I do believe you are met with the vibration that you create. The vibe of talking about other people is low and I don't like the way that it makes me feel. Now what Abraham Hicks would say is that your feelings are a direct indicator 
of the vibe that you're putting out. Meaning if you are doing something and you do not feel good about it, that is your indication that you need to either change your perspective or you need to change your surroundings and or behaviors. That's how this whole thing started for me in the first place. Totally. Is the fact that my solar plexus, my gut, my being were like, yo, when you wake up after a night of drinking and socializing, you don't feel great. Okay. So now we're here, right? Now I'm here. You're here. Not drinking. We're not going out. And everything around us is changing because my attention is on... Our attention is on us, Cassandra. Yeah. Our focal point is on us as individuals. Whereas, man, we were so quick to put the attention on other people. Cassandra and I are serious recovering people pleasers. I'm not recovering. I'm still, I'm barely in the phase of understanding even what it means to not people please. That's true. Well, like I've got a long way to go. Me too. Dude, if there's an opportunity for me to be somebody's service animal (laughs) and I barely even know them, but I'll sign up for three months to trauma bond with you. Like that's, that was my MO for a really long time. Pisces moon girl. We just can't resist. Yeah, we are fawners. And this is also another huge issue that I'm having in my life. I mean, it keeps me up at night more than anything else. I will fawn when I'm in a situation with a friend or just any situation in life, but I'm seeing it most prevalently in my friendships. If I feel like I am met with any type of disapproval on how I choose to show up, I fawn. I fucking fawn. And I was talking about this with my friend in which you wouldn't know what I actually want in a situation because the more that I'm like, yes, absolutely. Okay. Tomorrow, right now, it's probably an indication that I actually don't want to do that thing. I'm just so terrified at pausing for one goddamn second. Are you making progress? Um, on your fawning? Yes and no. Yes and no. It's, it's a hard one. It's not something that's, I don't even know how to freaking define progress sometimes because it really is situational for me. It really depends. If I care about somebody, I never want them to think that I am not willing to go the extra mile for them. So I will overcompensate by 50 miles. I hear that. But you know what's even stronger? You know how you're even there for somebody more than all the ways in which you've explained that way of you showing up for people is being so fucking internally rooted and robust that you're setting examples for people. So it's no longer my friend over here who might be going through a hard time. I'm gonna give you so many hours of my time and energy to find the resources that you need because I love you and I'm here for you and I'm gonna show you. We're we're at this place, Marty, in our life where we're fully formed and grown adults. And the most impactful way to lead is to lead by example and to show your happiness and joy through that. I guess where this ties back in too as well for drinking, what you said, what I said, is that normally in a situation where I would feel that auxiliary potential of anxiety for not meeting someone's needs, if I started drinking, parts of me would just come out and meet them. I wouldn't even have to think about it because my subconscious would just be like, be extra bubbly, be extra extroverted, just sign yourself up for all of these things. I wouldn't think twice about it. And sometimes they would fall through and I just... It was a lot to manage, yes, but I didn't have to think so much about the discomfort of not meeting people's needs. Like I said earlier, I'm not drinking, therefore what I would choose to be anxious about in that moment is now gone and I'm faced with the reality of the situation. Oh my gosh, yes. So now I'm having to show up in a conversation and I probably sound like a psychopath sometimes. Like someone's like, hey, have you ever, I would love to work with you in this capacity. Would you like to? And I'm like, oh my God, yes. I would literally die to work with you. When, how, what, I'll pay you. Like it's, 
was so ridiculous. And I'm sure the grounded person that's actually genuine and wants to collaborate with me in some ways, look at me and think, are you okay? Like, are you okay? What's with the, what's with the, the fawning? Because I look at people like that sometimes when they over fawn and I'm thinking, take a breath, it's gonna be okay. But man, I do it a lot and I really want it to be less. Okay, heard. Sounds like it's gonna be less soon, by the way. You know? <laughs> Thanks, <guys. laughs> What this makes me think of is my therapist told me. Shout out DL. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. And that's just that. If it's not a hell yes, and you can't say it calmly, hell yes, I would love to work with you. Hell yes, I'd like to get coffee with you. Hell yes, let's go see that movie. Then it's a, hell no, I'm sorry, I have a busy week. Hell no, maybe in a couple months. Hell no, it's just not the right time for me. It's just that fucking simple because I have major commitment phobia because of the person I used to be. I used to make plans with everybody and anybody and show up for like what 75% of them and then over my extend myself to a place of disarray and I'm coming to terms with that now especially without having booze and that type of those types of social interactions in my life right now I'm committing to less which is really cool because you're not going out and seeing that person you haven't seen in months and then make arbitrary plans with them that I don't even know if either of us want to keep or or whatnot I'm not doing that anymore I'm very intentionally making plans, which helps me intentionally show up how I want to show up. We have to trust that people see the best in us. I heard this from something the other day, and I know you did as well, that whether people like you or not, it doesn't have to do anything with you. You don't need to take home that feeling. You don't need to sit on it and ruminate on it. And this is, hold on, where I'm going to go and bring it back to drinking. I have not been invited to a lot of stuff. And we talked about in the last episode, it's because I'm putting it out there. I don't necessarily want to be invited to later nights and things that are centered around nightlife, like bars or whatever. And whether or not that changes the way that people perceive me or their perspectives of me, I need to just let that be. I don't need to take it home and be like, I'm putting it out there that I don't want to be socializing this capacity. You're telling a triple water sign. I know. And then I go home and think, wow, I haven't really socialized in in what I consider to be a social capacity in like six weeks. And instead of looking at that and being like, does that mean people like me less? Does that mean that I'm not going to be able to make an impact on the Columbus community in the ways that I used to or in the ways that I thought to? Why even think about these things that don't even fucking exist? Think about the ways in which I know I'm making impact on myself and the fact that the amount of growth that I can see and feel in my body in the past three months is more significant than the impact I felt in any job, relationship, family dynamic that I've ever really felt in my life. And it's because we are having that uninterrupted time to take a look at who we really are and putting some other elemental work like around it, activities and behaviors. I'm still eating frozen pizza. I'm still staying up late trying to, you know, get hooked onto this new season of succession. There are still things that I'm doing that old Cassie was doing too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like reading and meditating all fucking day long, but I am making space to do those things that allow self-reflection when I wasn't doing them before. Brilliant. You are brilliant. Um, That was so well said. What is so interesting is that you and I are actually having very different experiences. We are also in very different phases of our life. I do not worry about any of the things that you just said. You used to overpack your schedule. I currently am overpacking my schedule, but I would do it independent of booze anyways. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to take a beat from the lessons I'm learning from not drinking. And let's be real. I didn't go out as much as you. 
I, I slowly tapered that off over the years, but I am learning a lot by not drinking in social situations. And so I'm trying to take a beat from that and apply it to the rest of my life because I overpack my schedule, not from making plans when I'm drinking with other people. I overpack my every minute of every day. And so I'm trying to just apply more, apply all, control all, <laughs> all the lessons I've learned and I'll control Z, paste it to the rest of my life. I hear that. Do you know what control D is? Control D. Control that dick. <laughs> No, but we, I do want us to do an, an episode about so, sobriety and relationships and sex, because when we started this episode, I was single <laughs> and I think, I think it's cool. Are you debuting? No, I'm just saying, I think it's cool to talk about sobriety and what it means in the dating world. Okay. Back to it. Control D- just in love. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Monica, literally don't. Okay. Okay. Back to it. Control D select. Control D is what? Adobe deselect. Okay. You deselect everything. So you said control all, right? I'd like to know from the audience who knew that control D was to deselect. This is a perfect segue into what I'm about to say. Creative people out there. Because I am a different type of creative than you are, right? I've built shows, managed bands. <laughs> I go, no, we are, we occupy very different creative spaces in the community. When I think about the ways that I used to contribute to the like community events and nightlife, Marina, it involves going out and drinking in a way. Of course, I didn't have to drink, but we were partying. Putting on the house shows and billing the shows and, you know, showing up at the, the comedy nights or showing up at Bobo for a season and being seen was a huge part of how I expressed myself as a creative, especially when I'm not a musician or a photographer or a comedian. I was somebody who helped orchestrate those events. So when you're saying you have a completely different experience than me right now, it's because my identity was tied to how I represented and showed up for myself in those creative spaces. I can relate to that. And I think you can relate to it in a, in a different way. Yeah. Wellness. I just do it during the daytime. For sure. And I think that they basically, they're synonymous. So one of us gets more sleep than the other. Yeah, you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. But the reason why I think that this is showing up to be difficult for me is I am having this moment of being like, am I creative? How can I still produce creative work that I like or that other people like? Or does it matter if other people like it? Am I still relevant amongst my friends and community? What does it mean to be relevant? Do I want to be relevant? I mean, I don't don't even want Instagram on my phone anymore. And I really haven't had it on my phone because of this ambivalence and apathy to relevance in the community. To relevance in a community that maybe you want to shift out of because you're shifting into a different community right now. Totally. And I think I'm taking it personally because I didn't like fully who I was in that community. You said earlier when you're talking about meditation that like when you close your eyes, it was once dark and now you see light. You literally shifted from nightlife to light life. OMG. And I was talking to my buddy Adam. You're no longer killing like billions of brain cells every week. Dude, I had this thought, guys. Check this out. You know, towards the end of the night. Check it. When you'd be out drinking and then your memory would go a little fuzzy, right? You just have pockets of being like. Brown out. Sure. From fuzzy to brown to whatever you want to call it. And be like, wow, I don't actually fully remember every word of that conversation or whatever. I used to think that that was not a big deal. Marina. Now, when I think about the fact that in the evening, you could be so okay with soft memory loss is mind boggling to me. Marina, that is wild. To casually go out and then to have pockets of your memory fuzzy, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it's very crazy. I'm saying it's a social norm. Like it's a drinking norm. And wanna know something that's different from last episode to this one? 
Yeah. I I can't think of anything that I miss. I Remember know. last episode? We're like, we miss going to Club 20 in our cute little outfits, just me and you and serenading each other. Well, it turns out we are still we wearing... We do it anyway. We're still wearing the cute outfits. 100%. I showed up the other day in a fit that had me like flirting with me all night. Yes. I don't, it actually gives me incentive to look hotter just randomly. Uh, oh, you fun. know, instead of putting all my eggs in a basket when I know I'm going to do this one thing once a week, I actually just try to look good for myself all the time. Anywho, I also pretty much don't miss anything. I kind of saw that one coming though for me. I don't know, Maddie, if you hit playback on episode one, you were like, oh, something I love more in the world is sneaking away during an event and having a cigarette and a bourbon with your loved ones. I sounded like Jennifer Coolidge. I bet I could do it again. Just kidding, that didn't sound good. That was good. But we've had multiple events in the past 90 days. And I Guess what even... I didn't even think about the entire fucking time? I sneaking away. I didn't think about it either. And I'm just realizing that now. Yeah. I think that just you also being on this journey with me is the game changer. Imagine the person that you want to spend all your time with and the people out there that have those relationships or those really close people in their lives. Your partner is not bought into your spiritual or personal growth or awakening or whatever you want to call it. That must be really hard. And so to have you and Justin be a part of this. I'm like 50% doing it for me, but 50% because I like being in a community of people that are on the betterment of themselves. I say this all the time. There's something to be said about an individual who's in the pursuit of bettering themselves at the cost of what is comfortable. Oh, I love how you just said that. And it made me think of, you know how people say, wow, they really see me. I feel seen. I think that this is the one of the new terms that we're kind of overusing and mangling a bit of what that definition means, at least what it means to me. And I think that you and I see each other so deeply because we love each other. And I want to see what this bit has in store. You're that bitch, Neen. And I know it's infinite. I know that your partner and people in my life, when I see you, it's because I, I believe in you because you believe in yourself. I don't think it's our responsibility, nor is it responsible to be lighting somebody else's flame for them, right? Because then they lose the opportunity to light their own and have that moment of being like, wow, oh my God, wow, just went from dark to light. And I did that by myself. Someone once told me, give people more credit than you think. They can light their own flame. You don't have to do it for them. The people that I feel seen by right now aren't the people that I've known for the past 10 years. And it's because I'm getting to know myself in a new way where it's like I'm seeing the new Cassie, not the Cassie that's been around for the past 10 years. So it kind of makes sense for her to be seen by newer people. Maybe it's because certain things kind of like trigger me or make me anxious or irritable or Marita and I had a conversation this morning that for whatever reason set me off of the rails that was not honestly rational. I got really emotional about basically old friendships and new friendships coming together. That's what it was. And I felt just scared and irritated. And I'm realizing, okay, old Cassie, new Cassie, they still have a lot of things that they need to work out. And what it means for me now to be seen in this Cassandra that I'm getting to know, dude, it means less. It means having a conversation with my yoga teacher after class about what we found to be really beautiful that day. And that's it. Less explaining, less showing up in a hundred different ways just because we feel like we have to. Because what do we know? What has history told us? We get tired. We get tired when we show up for a hundred different people, expectations, Social criteria, it's fucking exhausting. And when we actually just show up for ourselves, then we get to represent a hundred different things that we believe in, but as a whole self. I teach this meditation that I love and I cue it as such. Imagine all the ways 
in which energy is coming from you and leaving outward. These are your obligations, your responsibilities, your relationships with loved ones, coworkers, etc. All the ways in which energy is going from you out into the world. Call all of that energy back in. Think of a chia pet, all right? And all of its straggly little hair. No? Okay. No, dude. I was thinking of more of like a bike tire and all of its spokes. Think of all the ways in which energy is leached from you into the world around you. So many ways. And we don't even have kids yet, you know? Call back all that energy. Every time I do this meditation, I envision myself sucking and slurping that goodness, that prana back into me. And I feel like a glowing orb of strength and light. That is what we do the moment that we reduce the people-pleasing behaviors or all of the mannerisms, or all of the obsessing and fawning over the people around us. You know, I don't have a, I don't find myself people pleasing when I'm like alone. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, wait, hear me out, hear me out. When I'm just walking around as one unit, Cassandra, in my world, I can find my stride really easily. When I I start adding people to my environment, my mix, my socialization or whatnot, I start to jerk myself around a bit. And that's when I start to notice I people please or start speaking in a way that's not fully lined. And honestly, Marina, it's going to be cool because when we hit the six month mark, which is double what we just did, I can feel that we're going to be dropping off people pleasing here soon. Why don't we embrace exactly what we know feels good now? And obviously it's going to take a lot of work. But we know it's going to feel good and we know it's going to help us find who we are in a way that feels true. What is something you want to focus on in the next month or so? It's release. It's release, release, release. Release what? Arbitrary expectations. If I think about my yoga journey, Marina, literally not even once did I put an arbitrary expectation being like, in six weeks, I'm going to be able to do wheel pose and then move into handstand. I haven't done that with this practice at all. And I've come so far and I've had so much fun along the way. And I feel educated and so powerful in my body. And not once have I set an arbitrary expectation on this thing that I give so much love to and it gives so much love back to me. This proves to me to be a formula of success. So when I think about my career, which is what I'm really, I'm focusing on these incredible projects this upcoming month, release the obsession to control, trust what I have to offer this world and enjoy whatever that outcome is. Because if I truly do like me and believe in me, then that should be enough. Ditto. I couldn't agree. Can you tell that we're twins? I couldn't agree more with everything you said, especially the last part. Enjoy where you are. And I mean it. Like I literally mean it. I know I I mentioned that I've been experiencing more emotions like anger and letting them come out instead of just pummeling them down. But I I do want to prioritize my feelings of joy over anything and everything because your feeling is a direct indicator of where your vibration is. I said this earlier. And so the moment I notice that my feeling is indicating a vibration that is not high AF, I need to navigate. And that's what I want my focus to be for this next month. I seriously can't wait to check back in. High five, happy 90s. We're probably not going to talk for like the next month. Honestly, I think that we waited a little too long to do this one. So let's do the next one a little closer. When is 90 days? May 2nd. Oh, so we'll actually be back. We should come back at 100 days then. Oh my God, I love it. I think this was pretty amazing. And we're going to come back at 100 days and we're going to see what's come up. Anybody else out there thinking about on a journey, been on one for a long time, whatever it is, 
congrats, y'all. We're fucking, we're out here learning and trying. And I'm happy for us. I'm happy for us too. Okay, everybody. Bye. Bye.